0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar, and today will be episode 175 of The Informed Catholic. And today I have an article from Church Militant. It's um, an article uh, from uh, Rodney Pelletier, October 14th, 2020. And the subject is Marxism, Marxist Racist Revolution. All right. This is a commentary uh, for Campaign 2020. Uh, Racism is the left's latest weapon. So uh, before we begin, please subscribe to the podcast. It will be a great help. And also share if it's possible. Uh, When you share, it also grabs attention, other people. If you know your friends are interested in something like this. Um, so let's begin with a prayer in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, and we as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For Thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory now and forever. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Uh, Queen of the Rosary, please pray for us. Saint Joseph, Guardian of the Church, Terror of Demons, please pray for us. And Saint Thomas More, pray for us. And Saint Thomas Aquinas, pray for us, and Saint Augustine, pray for us, and Saint Michael the Archangel, pray for us, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All right. Um. Not too long ago, I finished uh, by Paul Conker, Kanker. Uh, he wrote a book called The Devil and Karl Marx, and it was um it was quite a book. I would say if there's one book, um. I'm listening to another book written by him. It's on Audible, actually. It's uh, called Dupes. And it's about Americans who fell uh, foolishly, um, not really understanding the Marxist ideology, the communist ideology. And, um, you know, it's funny. I had a talk with a coworker, and they always deflect. um It's true that what they say is that the education system was successful in uh, informing people about Nazism Nazism itself but why they failed to uh, educate people about the Marxist communist ideology um, Hitler and his Third Reich had a killing machine with the You know, the SS, the concentration camps and everything. But Marxists did the same thing. I mean, you know, communists did the same thing. Lenin, Stalin, they did the same thing. Mao and Vietnam, Cambodia, they all did the same thing. They killed uh, uh, even uh, Korea, North Korea uh, has killed hundreds, millions of people. I mean, combined, if you put them all together, it's far more than Hitler. Um, but for some reason, our education system, both, I would say, in Western Europe and here in the United States and probably in South America, has failed to point this out to the students. It, it, it's, it's, it's remarkable. I don't know why, but it's remarkable. It's one of the mysteries I think scholars have to study. But I think the answer, we can gain some of the answer because a lot of them have infiltrated our education system, our, our societies on many different levels because what happened was is that with uh, Marxist communist ideology, they, more, they, menop, uh, they shed their skin, so to speak, uh, like, a, like a snake. It, it sheds its skin and takes on a different form it basically um has the ability to uh take on the guise of looking harmless of appearing um you know with good intentions so to speak you know and basically um it has the guise basically to intellectually hide itself, to socially hide itself. It hides itself in the arts. It hides itself in religion. Okay? It hides itself as social justice, into activism. It hides itself within uh, minorities. It takes on the form of a, of a minority group uh, like today's. Today, Black Lives Matter, uh, it can hide within the, the Hispanic community, it can hide within religion, okay? It can take on the guise of religion, like you see with the seamless garment. It can do that very well and very easily. It, it sheds its skin and takes on another form. You know, it took on the form of the LGBT community, it took on the form of feminism, it took on the form of, um, of let's say, uh, you know, uh, like uh, reproductive rights, reproductive rights. Okay. It, it took on that form. It now takes on the form of ecology, environmentalism, uh, global warming. It can take on any form. And it's, and it has, it has always been successful. It doesn't disappear. And this is the genius. It's one of the things you have to admire about Karl Marx and Engels is that they were quite geniuses in how they do it. They created something and it came right out of the mind of the devil himself. It came out of the mind of the devil itself, which is why Ronald Reagan calls it this damn religion of theirs, because it has the ability to win people over into a cult-like religious attitude without God. It is a religion without God. And that it is very successful. It takes on many different guises. It takes on social justice it basically anti-racism because it wants to it, it convinces the people that they can create a paradise on earth a utopia without god and this is one of the geniuses of marx marx and and marxist ideology the communist ideology all right let's begin this article and we'll discuss it again all right All right, this is from Rodney Pelletier, church militant, October 14th, 2020. Racism is the leftist weapon. Institutional racism is the rallying cry of modern day Marxists, and to a frighteningly large segment of the US population, it is considered a real problem. Black Lives Matter, a so-called racial justice group founded in 2013, by avid Marxists has been at the forefront of the latest efforts to attack the United States, Western civilization and the the church. Among many troubling things, the organization openly advocates for the destruction of the nuclear family, a a queer affirming network and offers space that affirms black women and is free from sexism, misogyny, and environments in which men are are centered. After widespread outrage in September, BLM, Black Lives Matter, wiped out its webpage, what we believe, which outlined and unpacked its platform. Okay, I'm gonna stop there for a minute. That's how they do it. They always, when they realize they push too far they quickly uh, pull back. They're pulling back, but they're not pulling back from the public. They're going to quickly, they took, tw- they, they're on their website, they, they absolutely, and this is, this was confirmed by several people. And they themselves have said it. They're on, they're on record. They were on stage and they say they are Marxists. And one of them is a, uh, there was a, um, a revolutionary, I think she um, a Black Panther woman. I believe she was a member of the Black Panther, and she lives now in Cuba. And they um, they adopted her as their role model, uh, as their role model for uh, their ideas. Um, they, you know, it, you know, it's amazing. They say they said qu- quite unapologetically that they are Marxists and that they are against the nuclear family and meaning that they don't they don't believe in the traditional family of fathers mothers husbands wives and children that they want to uh re- redesign d- destroy the patriarchy get rid of fathers get rid of the role of men in uh in you know in in western society and technically marx and engels themselves have actually said that they want to uh, deconstruct the family. They said so, I mean, in the book, uh, The Devil and Karl Marx, this was one of Karl Marx's ideas. And Karl Marx was a, a monster. I mean, the man was, was was a horrible human being himself. And what's interesting is that, you know, him Ingalls was also, uh, he was a, a misogynist himself. Marx himself raped his own maid. The family sent a maid to help his wife and uh, the poor girl uh, was raped by him most likely repeatedly. She gave birth to an illegitimate son that he never acknowledged. And this is this is the man here. That's the funny part about it is that nobody bothers to look into the man's life. What kind of man is this? You know, the, the person whose ideology you adopt You will, you are, you are in a sense, it's almost like communion. It's in a sense, I hate to use the term, but you're, you're receiving someone's teachings, someone's ideas, someone's philosophy. You, you have, you know, you want to go into deep into the person's life. You have to adopt the person completely. And in a sense, it's it's really like a communion. It's a it's a secular form of communion. You are receiving the person's teachings, like as though you are receiving Christ. Marx is the Christ. He's the antichrist of uh, of the left, and they don't want to admit it. But this is exactly what they believe in. In the book, in the devil and uh, the devil and Karl Marx. Every single Marxist follower had a dysfunctional life. It's something it attracts the deeply emotionally broken and psychologically damaged. The man himself was psychologically damaged, something you know about him. And these people all come from a psychologically damaged background. We're all broken. We're all broken people. But the difference is when we come to Christ, we come for healing. We come for for, uh, redemption. We come with our brokenness so that we can stop being broken. We can stop being damaged. But with marks, the broken come to be even more broken. And they and they're reformed into something monstrous. Marx himself says, I want to take a gunlet, like a bomb, like a terrorist, and he, I want to throw it into the, into the world, and I want to walk through its ashes like a god. And I want to create something different. Something, you know, you know, you know, into his own image. This is it. The, the, uh, you know, this is, this is the man. All right, let's continue. The most amazing thing is that BLM started receiving a lot of, uh, that is Black Lives matters a lot of uh, money. They, they can actually, it's amazing how they could, how they raised money. But now it started to drop because of the negative publicity. All right, let's continue here. Burning, looting, and murder have become commonplace in many cities across the country since the uh, faintly overdose related death of George Floyd in April, Minneapolis was the first more than 30 cities that descended into racial violence. Other cities that shared its fate were Chicago, New York, Kenosha, Rochester, and Louisville. All right. That's true. There was a a video that showed from a storefront that showed um, now exactly who called the cops some say that george floyd used a counterfeit dollar bill uh not exactly too sure about that but you know there were some cases uh the store owner was a middle easterner and uh i guess something happened in the store maybe an argument because they tested the they tested the money they have these machines now where you can just slip the 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 currency the note and it could automatically show if it's a uh, Real or counterfeit, and I think he got into an argument supposedly with the store owner about it. Now, when the cops came around, right? Uh, they there's a scene where he dropped something, some kind of small package, and it turns out he was possibly high, he took something. And of course, no one's saying that the cops the, the cop who put his knee on his neck was right. That was actually a terrible thing that the cop did. was you know he definitely should have been arrested. but it, it most likely, uh, because of Floyd's, again, his condition that he's in, whatever he took uh, aggravated the situation even more. All right? Yes, the cop is guilty for what he did. He shouldn't have done it. That was that was ridiculous uh but at the same time it most likely whatever floyd was on uh contributed and made the situation even worse all right let's um but the thing is is that afterward let me um i finished yet uh, this was hijacked um, most definitely Soros's organization was waiting for something to happen, waiting for something to happen. And then you had all this, of course, you had the shutdown, you had what everything else is going on. And then suddenly it just made it worse. It grew even worse because they were waiting for something to happen, something that they can hijack. And the man himself, Floyd, uh, had a criminal record. There's a, a, a case against him where he um, where he broke into a home uh, possibly uh, of another maybe the person was involved in something illegal. We don't know, but obviously he knew who he knew who this person is. and he supposedly held a gun to a pregnant woman, a pregnant woman. Now, he's also had cases before where he where he served time. So this man is not an angel. He's not a role model. He's had a long, troublesome history, but all of a sudden now you will um like in New York, you will get now you got Floyd's image right by an altar, like if he's a canonized saint, with other people who shouldn't have been up there. And remember there was that Jesuit priest who made everybody denounce white uh you know, white um uh, what? You, no, no. Uh, white supremacy and um, uh, the the idea of systematic racism. And they have images of Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and someone else up there. And this is the this has become part of the whole Marxist doctrine thing. Take something that is uh, take a, a group of people that is marginalized. And 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 basically blow, you know, uh, exploit them for your own political agenda. Marxism, the Marxists, don't care about the people in general. What they care about is that they're going to use you as a stepping stone to get what they want, and fool you to think that you're you who are part of that marginalized community that you're going to get something. No, they just care about the power. That they're going to get by using you, by exploiting that community—whether it's Hispanics, whether it's Blacks, whether it's Asians, whether it's white poor people—they don't care. As long as they do that. Another example, like I'll give you, is uh, during the time of the Iron Curtain, when the Soviets were still in power. One of the reasons why the Palestinians were never there was never peace between Palestinians and Israelis, is because the, the Soviets. Made sure that it didn't happen. They knew they knew the Arab hatred against Israel, and they exploited it. they they exploited the Palestinians, to make sure to make sure that there is never a peace settlement with the Israelis, because the because the Soviets wanted to make sure that they had a stepping stone, they had a leverage. They got in there, they got in there with some with Syria, they got in there with uh, Saddam Hussein. They got in there with some of the. Uh, uh, like with Iran, they were friends with Iran and they were friends with Hezbollah. They were friends with all the other groups, the terrorist groups. And they got, the, you know, that they, they exploited it and they made sure that the Palestinians and the Israelis never had peace. And it didn't matter to the Soviets that as long as, you know, as long as they can exploit the Palestinians to their political advantage... Right, use them for their own purposes. It didn't matter if the Palestinians never had justice, or there was never peace. They wanted to make sure that there was constant strife. So you see, that's in a good example of of the Soviet Marxist approach. And to this day, there are groups now that still don't want it. Who else now is involved in the Middle East? China, communist China. All right, the, the the enemy of my enemy is my friend, and they know the old Arab proverb, and that's what they're going to do. Now they're also lined up with North Korea, and they're lined up with Iran. They know they know this now with Iran, and any other terrorist group that can they can uh, that will give them the advantage for uh, for you know negotiations. This is how they do it. Now, this is an interesting part. Despite its communist pedigree, Black Lives Matter is flush with cash, with over a billion dollars pledged to its causes by large corporations. Church Millen reported this in June, that Amazon pledged $10 million to various activist organizations, including Black Lives Matter. Bad Robot Productions, which is a movie this is a movie productions which has produced blockbuster movies such as Clover Field, has pledged 10, 10 million over five years to Black Lives Matter, Los Angeles, among other groups. I don't understand this. This is really weird. Uh, Warner Brothers Music Group has pledged a hundred million to social justice organizations in support of Black Lives Matter movement. Bank of America has pledged $1 billion to community programs, small businesses, category not further specified by creative investments, research, according to Bank of America press release. However, the bank's pledge is for four years of support for, com- for communities to address economic and racial inequality accelerated by global pandemic, while focusing on people and communities of color that have experienced greater impact from the health crisis. The Ford Foundation and Borelis Philanthropy created the Black led Movement Fund to fund the movement of Black Lives Matter. This is M4BL, which is a coalition that promotes radical vision for black lives to which foundations have pledged more than a 100 million dollars a set, september report reveals that nearly 95% of the riots happening in the united states this year are linked to black lives matter wow nearly 95% of the riots okay that's that that's 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 that, that sounds accurate there's a tweet here 95% of the riots happening in the united states this year a link to black lives matter the catholic church has condemned socialism marxism and communism many times but despite the bishop despite that bishops and the vatican have praised blm as peaceful oh well this is you see unfortunately it's true it's true it has infiltrated the catholic church it has infiltrated the catholic church through um liberation theology, which is unfortunate, but it has infiltrated the church through there. And unfortunately, uh, Pope Francis um, is a product of it. He's a Jesuit. He's from Argentina. And um, he has uh, wrestled with Marx, with uh, I think liberation theology. And I think it has... um, it has it has won him over, and obviously we look at all. All right, here's a link um, that uh, the article gives us to an interview with one of the founders of Black Lives Matter. All right, hold on.
1: There is concern that uh, that there's a lack of perhaps uh, ideological direction in Black Lives Matter that would allow it to be to, to, to fizzle out, in, as he said, um, uh, in comparison to Occupy Wall Street. Uh, as you are, are advanced in your own organization, as you all are headed to Cleveland to participate in this Black Lives um, Movement conference, how do you respond to that particular critique? Again, a loving critique from an elder of the struggle, Uh, that some others share, uh, that I've even shared as well, to to be frank, is a concern about, uh, in part because of the co-optation and and the appropriation, that that a a more clear ideological um, structuring might be of some value here. But how do you respond to to those kinds of, again, loving criticisms?
2: Um, I think that the criticism is helpful. Um, I also think that it might, I think of a lot of things. The first thing I think is that we actually do have an ideological frame. Um, Myself and Alicia in particular are trained organizers. Um, We uh, are trained Marxists. Um, We are uh, super uh, versed um, on sort of ideological theories.
0: All right. That was... That was Patrice Cullors. She uh, coolers. Um, that was the co-founder of Black Lives Matter, and you heard her say it. Trained Marxists, they're trained Marxists, and they they hold to the Marxist ideology. You heard her in her own words, and she said this before, on stage with the other co-founders of Black Lives Matter. They're Marxists, so they hold to the Marxist ideology. Now. How well are they into, uh, Karl Marx's, uh, Marxist manifesto? I don't know, but they, they are trained Marxists. Whether you know Marx directly, whether you read his own works or, or not, you are still trained in his own ideology. You cannot escape it. All right. Let's look at another link. Okay, this one, the link here from the article from uh, Rodney Penetrier, it led to uh, life petitions. Let's look at it. What we believe. This is Black Lives Matter's um, art, uh, website. Four years ago, what is now known as the Black Lives Matter Global Network began to organize it. It started out as a chapter-based member-led organization whose mission was to build local power and, and to intervene when violence was inflicted on black communities by the state and, and vigilantes. This is, this is Black Lives Matter's website, very, very good. In the years since we've committed to struggling together uh, to imagining and creating a world free of anti-blackness where every black person has the social, economic, and political power to thrive. Black Lives Matter began as a call to action in response to state-sanctioned violence and anti-Black racism. Our petition from the very beginning was to connect Black people from all over the world to have a shared desire for justice and to act together in their communities. The uh, impetus of that commitment was, and still is, the rampant and deliberate violence inflicted on us by the state. Enraged by the death of Trayvon Martin and the subsequent uh, acquittal of his killer, George Zimmerman, remember that case, and inspired by the 31 takeover of the Florida State Capitol by Power U and the Dream Defenders, we took to the streets. A year later, we set out together on uh, on the Black Lives Matter freedom ride to Ferguson, remember that case, in search of justice for Mike Brown and all of those who have been torn apart by state-sanctioned violence and anti-Black racism. Forever change, we returned home and began building the infrastructure for the Black Lives Matter global network, which even in its infancy has become a political home for many. Ferguson helped us to catalyze a movement to which we all help give life. Organizers who call this network home have been ousted anti-Black politicians, won critical legislation to benefit Black lives, and changed the terms of the debate on Blackness around the world through movements and relationship buildings. We have also helped catalyze other movements shifted culture with an eye toward the dangerous impacts of anti-blackness they keep using that term these are the results of our collective efforts the black lives matter global network is a par- powerful as it is because of its of our members our membership our partners our supporters our staff and you our continued commitment to liberation for all black people means we are continuing the work of our ancestors and fighting for our collective freedom because it is our duty. Every day we commit to healing ourselves and teaching others and to co-creating alongside comrades, comrades, allies, and family a family, a culture where each person feels seen, heard, and supported. We acknowledge respect and celebrate differences and commonalities. We differences and commonalities. We work vigorously for freedom and justice for black people and by extension to all people. We intentionally build and nurture a beloved community that is bounded together through the beautiful struggle that is restorative, not depleting. We are unapologetic black Our positioning in affirming the black lives matter. We need not qualify our, our position to love and desire freedom and justice for ourselves and and a prerequisite for wanting the same for others. We, we see ourselves as part of a global black family, and we are aware of the difference, different ways we are impacted or privileged as black people who exist in different parts of the world. We are guided by the fact that all black lives matter, regardless of actual or perceived sexual identity. Now they go into the sexual identity, gender identity, gender expression, Economic status, ability, disability, religious beliefs or disbeliefs, immigration status or location. We make space for transgender brothers and sisters and participate and lead. We are uh, self-reflexive and do the work required to dismantle cisgender privilege and uplift black trans folk, especially black trans women. Who continue to be disproportionately impacted by trans agnostic anti, anti, violence. We build a space that affirms Black women and is free from sexism, misogyny, and environments in which men are centered. We practice empathy. We engage comrades with the intent to learn about the con- uh, and connect with their context. We make... Our spaces f- family-friendly enable parents to fully participate with their children. We dismantle the patriarchal practice that requires mothers to work double shifts so that they can. All right, let me read that one more time. We make our spaces f- family-friendly enable parents to fully participate with their children. We dismantle the patriarchal practice that requires mother mothers to work double shifts so that they can they can mother in private, even as they participate in public justice, uh, in participate in public justice work. Uh, that's a little, a little uh, that doesn't make any sense to me. But well, let's go on. We disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure. That makes sense. They want to they want to dismantle the nuclear family of structure and requirement by supporting each other as extended families. It takes a village to raise a child, and that's very socialist, and villages, families and villages that collectively care for one another, especially for our children. You see, I was right. To the the degree that mothers, parents, and children are comfortable, we foster a queer-affirming network. When we gather, we do so with the intention of freeing ourselves from the tight grip of heteronormative thinking or rather the belief that all in the world are heterosexual unless, unless he, she, or they disclose otherwise. We cultivate the, uh, an in, intergenerational communal network free from e- uh, egoism. We believe that all people, regardless of age, show up with the capacity to lead and learn. We embody and practice justice, liberation, and peace in our engagements with one another. Huh. all right. This is okay. They didn't mention their Marxist ideology in it. Have you noticed? But you know, the, you heard the founder, and they definitely, um, they definitely. I mean, all that language is all Marxist. It's Marxist in its in its in its very foundation. It's it's also uh, Frankfurt School. It's all she, th- This is this is the product of the Frankfurt School movement. Okay, the Frankfurt School movement created the um, uh, what do you call it? Identity politics, the uh, the, the the identities uh, studies, uh, the whole concept. You know, identity studies of uh, uh, Latino studies, Black studies, feminist studies—all those came out of the Frankfurt School, uh, out of the. The mind of Herbert Marcusa and all the others take the marginalized cultures, and they are to exploit them. Now, what they're doing here, this is all created uh, out of those, those those identity studies, and they now look look you know look at this. Now they've actually created a movement that is very militant, very violent. But if you notice, a lot of white people. If you notice in the Black Lives Matter I work at a cultural a cultural institute and I saw people come in who are white wearing Black Lives Matter buttons. Okay, Black Lives Matter buttons. Now, I'll tell you why I think this is so. Why I see so many white people because they have money. They have money and it's it's moved it's 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 pushed by Soros, the Soros Foundation and his organizations, a lot of African-Americans are not going to donate money. They're not going to donate money because a lot of them are basically working class families and they got to pay the bills. So you, you, need, you need to create, um, I guess you can say a bunch of dupes, you know, white people with good intentions who are honest and they want to make social changes. They're honest about their opinions. You know, they're, they're not bad people, not necessarily bad people. But they hold to very liberal ideas. And so therefore, just like in the past, back in the 1930s and 40s, where a lot of people who held to these very liberal, progressive ideas uh, joined the movement without even realizing what they were joining. And so, but, but I believe a lot of these people do know what they're doing, a vast majority of them. They want to basically change the political structure of the United States. And they're going to use minorities if they have to put them in the front and they hide in the back. Yes, I think this is how it's done. And that's why you see a lot of white people in the movement. Most African-Americans, most people of color are working. They're, pay, they're working to, make, to, to help their families. They have Not everybody has the time to go out there. Although during the whole rioting and protests, there were a few that you saw with blowhorns and a lot of these people are paid, paid to encourage others. You've always noticed like there was a bunch of people sitting at a restaurant in Texas and they were just minding their own business and these protesters come by and this one guy with a blowhorn walks up and antagonizes them, taunts them. That guy is paid. You'll see a woman doing it, a black woman doing it, a black man doing it. There was also in uh, St. Louis, uh, Missouri, when they surrounded the statue of King Louis and they wanted to tear it down, there was one guy with a blow horn. I mean, he was really worked up and he would blow the horn right into people's face. He's yelling in a microphone right into the people's face and he's encouraging everybody that person is paid to do this there's always i mean and you got to pay him or her a lot of money to to really antagonize and encourage the mob to become violent it's organized it's organized you can't do it without money and you need money you get everybody wearing a shirt right by where i work by uh near central park there was this one black woman She's standing there and she's selling Black Lives Matter t-shirt in different colors, rainbow colors, pink, white, selling them to the to the people that will walk by. It's, I mean, think about it. It takes a lot of money to to, to make those shirts, to make those signs, to transport those people on buses and trains and planes and get them into hotels and put them on the street to protest at a particular place where some incident took place. It's all organized. Let's move on to another article. Now, I want to finish saying that I don't think there's anything wrong with the woman selling her shirts, but it's kind of funny that the area she chooses in, she chooses to sell them, has mainly white people, a lot of white people. The area is the Upper East Side, Um. Near the Metropolitan Museum of Art, where there's a large influx of people, and uh, she's standing right at the entrance of, of the park, and she's selling those shirts, and a lot of white people wear them. Now, I'm sure they have good hearts, and they have maybe many of them want to want to support uh, fighting racism and discrimination. But I don't believe in using Marxist ideology to fight racism and discrimination because Marx was a racist. Marx himself mocked, uh, you know, one of uh, his daughter's um, husbands. I don't think he was black, but he, him, and Engels made reference to him uh, possibly being. Uh, a English Negro, he used another word, and should donate himself to the British uh, Scientific Society f- for study. Uh, later on, the the wife with her husband, uh, he was probably not a, a good looking person. I don't know. I don't. Th- he, I'm quite certain he didn't have any um, African or black uh, blood in him. But they later on committed a packed suicide. Uh, there, I, there was, I mean, m- much of Marx's family committed went crazy or committed suicide, which shows you Marx's legacy. But both Ingalls and him were outright racists. Anyway, let's continue. This article now is from September of 20, uh, 23rd, 2020 by Paul Morano. Um, Black Lives Matter, um, CCCP, the communist the Communist Party. And uh, here is disrupting nuclear family dropping dropped from website. Okay. Remember, I just read to you their manifesto. Their, their, that was the last piece I read was from Black Lives Matter website. Let's look at this. Detroit, Black Lives Matter, BLM, organization has deleted its controversial What We Believe page online and substituted it for more politically- a platable version, platable version. BLM, Black Lives Matter, uh, founded by self-proclaimed lesbians who are trained Marxists on Monday, took down the page that has caused the most controversy. No longer does the Black Lives Matter site proclaim we disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure. By clicking the old page, the URL, it now simply reads 404 not found. We cannot find the page you are looking for. The replacement by Black Lives Matter page called about Black Lives Matter still states its affirmation of Black queer and trans folk, but has no mention of dismantling or disrupting the nuclear family, what many Black people believe to be the primary problem in the Black community today. The entire paragraph on the family now missing can still be found On the Internet Archive Wayback Machine, it reads, We disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirements by supporting each other as extended families and villages that collectively care for one another, especially our children, to the degree that mothers, parents, and children are comfortable. Okay, so... This move has come in the midst of declining support for the B, uh, the Black Lives Matter movement, which was as its zinc after its tragic death of George Floyd's sub- subsequent looting and violence to people and property have taken its toll on Black Lives Matter popularity. A recent Pew research poll shows support for Black Lives Matter declining since June. Adults in the United States indicating at least some support for the movement is now at 55% down from 67% in June. As for those who strongly support the Black Lives Matter movement, the number has declined from 38% to 29% in the last three months. Most of the decline in Black Lives Matter support has has been with whites and Hispanics, Pew Research shows that a drop of fifteen percent has occurred in the white population, and eleven percent decline among Hispanic Americans. Uh, Americans support remains strong at eighty-seven percent with Black Americans. Political affiliation seems uh, sees support for BLM still very strong among Democrats and Democrat-leaning Americans. Eighty-eight percent. Um, America, Democrat-leaning Americans, 88%, while Republicans and Republican leaners show little support, at least 16%. In June, the Republican Party issued ads criticizing the group's so, um, co-founder by playing a video clip from 2015 in which she identified herself and fellow co-founders of the organization as trained Marxists. I actually do think we have an ideological frame. we are trained Marxists said Patrice coolers uh, coolers. I just I, I played that piece co-founder of Black Lives Matter. The ad concludes with the narrative saying this isn't about justice, it's about destroying America. Okay, the basic tenets of Marxism include totalitarian, government to take over much of what the nuclear family is meant to do. As the Biden campaign seeks to camouflage its socialist Marxist influences to appeal to middle America in the general election, officials, official BLM ap- appears to be doing the same. The BLM movement has influenced the Democratic Party platform and has pressured Joe Biden into choosing a black woman for vice president. Biden has also said publicly that should he get the opportunity he would appoint a black woman to the Supreme Court. Later on it became Kamala Harris. This is this is back in September. This thing, this article. The BLM movement has also given rise to a long-long sign popular among liberals. They state a list of bumper stickers like uh, euphemistic platitudes often shared by progressives. We believe black lives matter. No human is illegal. Love is love. Women's rights are human rights. Science is real. Water is life. And justice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. All these little slogans, cute slogans objective observer's note that this veiled support for illegal immigration homosexual behavior radical feminism and abortion and the projection into republicans to be uh, being anti-science reflects the, the marxist goal of black lives matter organization the new shorter version of its web page explaining blm's beliefs did not eliminate all allusions to the breakdown of the family however The group's support for homosexuality and transgenderism and radical feminism remains. Reasonable people understand these leftist social constructs that violate human nature also do disrupt the Western-prescribed nuclear family structure. All right, let's uh, listen to something here.
3: Hello, I'm Michael Voris. Welcome to this Church Milton special report, Killing rioting looting and burning have swept across large american cities ostensibly in reaction to the death of george floyd billed as protests for racial justice many are marching under the black lives matter banner the movement seen as the righteous crusade for racial equality it's even seen a dramatic uptick in popularity a recent rasmussen poll showing 62 percent of americans have a favorable opinion of black lives matter compared to 32% four years ago. But given the glowing numbers of support, a question arises. Would BLM be seen so favorably if the truth about the group was known? Here's Christine Niles with more.
4: Black Lives Matter is a terrorist, Marxist, pro-LGBT, pro-abortion organization. Yet ordinary Americans, including Catholic clergy, are lining up behind it. The movement was founded in 2013 by three black feminists, Alicia Garza, Patrisse Cullors, and Opal Tometi, in response to the shooting of Trayvon Martin. What began as a simple hashtag on Twitter has now exploded into a global movement with 40 chapters in four countries, hundreds of thousands of supporters, and at least tens of millions of dollars in funding. While Black Lives Matter seems to be going mainstream, its agenda is far more radical than people know. Dr. Carol Swain, former professor of political science at Vanderbilt University, says the group has a much darker agenda.
5: Uh, They have, you know, put forth an image one image, but actually the things that they're doing is quite different. And I find it, you know, very troubling that they have been mainstreamed and, you know, the chance, no justice, uh, no peace, there will be no peace because it will never be enough. I went to their original website and it looked like it came from the communist manifesto. It had very little to do with black people and it was clearly Marxist and it was about overthrowing the state and it was as radical as Antipa.
4: BLM's founders have made clear their agenda is much larger than racial equality. In fact, it's just as much about homosexuality and transgenderism as it is about race. My
2: queerness, my blackness, my womanness uh, shaped Black Lives Matter.
4: Co-founder Patrice Cullors identifies as a lesbian, as does fellow co-founder Alicia Garza. It is not a coincidence uh, that this Uh,
2: iteration of of the Black Freedom Movement is
4: led by queer folks. It's not a coincidence, uh, but that doesn't mean that it's any less challenging. Contrasting itself with the Black Freedom Movement of the Civil Rights Era, a 2019 article titled Hearing the Queer Roots of Black Lives Matter, highlights the unique flavor of BLM's activism, quote, BLM is inherently a movement sustained by a politics of blackness that is unapologetically feminist, womanist, and queer. Colors, speaking on the legacy of queer Black women, told HuffPost, quote, we have to look at queerness as a means towards challenging normativity. Garza is no less radical, saying of her movement, quote, Black Lives Matter affirms the lives of Black queer and trans folks, disabled folks, Black undocumented folks, folks with records, women, and all black lives along the gender spectrum. Her words are echoed in the BLM manifesto on its site. Quote, as a network, we have always recognized the need to center the leadership of women and queer and trans people, and elsewhere, we foster a queer-affirming network. Black Lives Matter is partnered with gay pride parades, supporters proudly marching in the LGBT rallies, Homosexuals and transgenders comparing Black Lives Matter protests against police to the Stonewall riots of 1969. And BLM even lauded as Toronto's most effective LGBT movement. The article noting that the group there, like many other Black Lives Matter chapters, is organized mostly by queer and trans people. Black Lives Matter was given a place of honor at Toronto's 2016 Pride Parade. And used that position to halt the parade for 30 minutes, while it made public demands that parade organizers show more support for queer and trans blacks. We are
2: demanding that we have faith in pride, that we have in pride.
4: Their public protest forced the executive director of the Pride Parade to sign their list of demands before the parade could resume. And this year, plans for LA's makeshift Gay Pride Parade was organized by an all-gay board of all Black Lives Matter, endorsed by the LA chapter of BLM. But the LGBT agenda is not the only agenda item of Black Lives Matter. It's also, at its heart, Marxist. This is a movement about economic justice. This is a movement about racial and gender justice. This is a movement to
2: reimagine what our lives can and should look like.
4: From the BLM website, Our network centers on those who've been marginalized within black liberation movements. These black liberation movements are founded in black liberation theology, which itself finds its roots in neo-Marxist liberation theology, a corruption of the gospel that turns Christian teaching into a social gospel based on class warfare and economic justice. But in the case of black liberation theology, the war is not so much between classes as between races. and white.
5: They've changed the meaning of of what it is to be a white supremacist. At one time it was a white person who thought they were superior to other racial and ethnic groups. Now it's any white person that is white, their whiteness, uh, that is seen as part of their privilege. That is seen as something that makes them superior. uh, And they're in the oppressor category even if they were born and raised in Appalachia. Parents never uh, have attended college.
4: could be high school dropouts comparisons have also been made between blm and the black panther party the whole black nation has to be put together as a black army a paramilitary organization founded in the 1960s in response to police brutality it justified the use of violence to protect african americans and its leaders followed communist ideology in fact one of the most notorious members of the black panthers Asada Shakur,
5: socialism is an integral part of building social justice on this planet.
4: Serves as the ideological inspiration for Black Lives Matter, both Garza and Colors admitting she's one of their heroes. A Marxist revolutionary and member of the Black Liberation Army, Shakur is on the FBI's most wanted terrorists list with a $2 million bounty on her head. She shot and killed a New Jersey state trooper in 1972. Convicted of eight felonies, including murder, robbery and assault, she managed to escape prison in 1979, fleeing to Cuba, where she lives to this day. People have the right to free themselves. This is a person that BLM holds up as a role model and inspiration quoting her at all their events. So this is how we um, close out every
2: meeting, every event, every action, every freeway we've shut down, um, <laughs> every mall we've shut down. You'll hear this chant reverberated. This is from our beloved Asada Shakur. It is our duty to win! It, it is, is our, our duty, duty to, to win! win. We one another. We, we must love and support, and support one, one another. another. We have nothing to lose but our chains. We, we have nothing, nothing to, lose to lose but our change. change. Ashe, Black Lives Matter.
4: Black <laughs> Lives
2: Matter.
4: The Marxist site Socialist Alternative explains the agenda of Black Lives Matter. Quote, to go forward, this movement needs to connect racism, police brutality, and economic demands. And true to its Marxist roots, BLM favors the breakup of the family in favor of community rule. Quote, we disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement by supporting each other as extended families and villages that collectively care for one another. What's more, BLM is pro-abortion. In 2016, Black Lives Matter partnered with so-called reproductive justice groups to advance abortion rights, with co-founder Alicia Garza stating, quote, Reproductive justice is very much situated within the Black Lives Matter movement. So we certainly understand that BLM and reproductive justice go hand in hand. Last year, Garza paired up with Cecile Richards, former CEO of Planned Parenthood. I, I launched this with uh, Alicia Garza, who was one of the original founders of Black Lives Matter. and To found the group Supermajority, which trains women in political activism, including abortion activism. Garza has written articles like this one in Marie Claire, titled, Can We Have a Conversation About Abortion Bans in the South That Slam Abortion Bans As Disproportionately Affecting Black Women.
5: And you would think that an organization that named itself Black Lives Matter, that they would have a position on abortion. And the, the fact that Margaret Sanger was a eugenicist, she was uh, someone that was very much uh, open to genocide, Of certain people groups you would think that the black lives of the unborn would matter to this group but no
4: the group is backed and funded by leftists and democratic operatives pouring millions into the group's coffers in november 2015 a closed door meeting was held in washington dc at the democracy alliance donor club where democratic financial heavyweights pledged to fund the then burgeoning blm Democracy Alliance was founded by atheist billionaire George Soros and other leftist donors. The group closely aligned with the Democratic Party and whose members heavily contribute to Democrat candidates. Soros has given a total of $33 million to Black Lives Matter. Both the Ford Foundation and Borealis Philanthropy established the Black-Led Movement Fund with the aim of raising $100 million for Black Lives Matter and other black activist groups. BLM also gets help from Act Blue, a major funding arm for the Democratic Party. When you click on Black Lives Matter's donate page, it takes you to an Act Blue donations page. While Act Blue processes payments for Black Lives Matter, it also acts as a fundraising arm for the Democratic Party, demonstrating the shared connections. In fact, it sends hundreds of millions to Democratic candidates like Bernie Sanders. Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren, Pete Buttigieg and others.
5: Black Lives Matter agenda, you know, comes out of critical theory and which and so the critical race theory it's all about oppressors and uh, victims and they will not move away from that because it's profitable. They have raked in millions of dollars now coming from mainstream corporations and organizations.
4: In light of Black Lives Matter's clear Marxist, pro-LGBT, pro-abortion, anti-Catholic agenda, it's disturbing that Catholic clergy are supporting Black Lives Matter. Bishop Mark Seitz of El Paso, Texas was lauded by leftist Catholics when he knelt with fellow clergy holding up Black Lives Matter signs. How do you
0: find Donald
2: Trump? Guilty.
4: And dozens of Washington, D.C. priests and bishops joined a Black Lives Matter protest after Archbishop Wilton Gregory urged them to attend the Archdiocese's anti-racist rally, scheduling it for the same time and location as the BLM protest in a deliberate attempt to mix clergy with protesters, Even Catholic bishops in the UK are backing the movement, issuing a statement supporting the BLM protests under the guise of Catholic teaching against racism.
5: What has happened with the church is the church has adopted the critical race theory and the critical theory And so the world is teaching the church instead of the church instructing the world on how to deal with these issues.
4: The Catholic church has a long history of condemning mistreatment of our fellow men, whether for race, sex, disability, or any other reason. And Catholic leaders should always loudly condemn injustice. But considering Black Lives Matter's deeply anti-Catholic agenda, our leaders simply cannot make common cause with this movement. Those who do cast serious doubt on their true intentions. And critics have every right to ask, what are your true motives here? Are you truly invested in promoting Catholic teaching? Or do you, like Black Lives Matter, in fact want revolution? Christine Niles, Church Militant, Detroit.
0: It's really troublesome, isn't it? I mean... It isn't uniting the country. It's actually fracturing the country even more. And that's exactly what Marx wanted. Whatever it is. It's funny. The man, the man himself, who is the father of, of this idea, of this disruption, of this idea of, of fundamentally and radically uh, changing humanity. That's Those were... I mean, I'm, I know I'm paraphrasing his words, but it was it's similar words that Obama himself used, just about you know him winning the election, and where is the unity? There's no brotherhood of unity. He wants to unite people under a banner of materialism. He's, um, I mean, personally, I think the real Marx would probably turn people off if they, even members of the Black Lives Matter movement, if they actually saw the real man. You notice on the Black Lives Matter website, they don't quote Martin Luther King. They don't quote Frederick Douglass. There is no, there's no quote about, you know, of white and black where people are judged by their character and their integrity, not by the color of their skin, none of that is there. It seems the one thing that seems to unite, that, they, that 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 motivates them is money. People are pouring in money into their movement, and maybe that's the Achilles heel of Marxist materialism: is money, because it's not it's not founded on. On the spirit, on the spirit of God. There's no God in it. It's all about materialism, sexuality, uh, re, uh, sort of like taking the human individual and sort of molding the human individual into your own corrupt image, molding the human family in your own corrupt image, having people servicing your own uh, lusts and desires, the village. The people, you know, uh, destroying the patriarchy, destroying the nuclear family. But you don't know. It, you you you're not really asking what the individual is. And that's the thing, Marx didn't care what the individual is. He didn't care about God. He hated God. He had a problem with God. It's and and you look at it. You you see this. You see this. In, in Lenin, Lenin himself w- said that God or religion, the church, had no place in Marxist culture, Marxist ideology. It's all basically materialistic. It's all materialism. All right. You take away families and you create people with no roots, no homes, no, no structure. No, no sense of, uh, of, of, of support. You say a village takes a village to raise a child. You mean it takes a government to raise a child. It takes a government to raise a child. Government doesn't love you. The government doesn't have to love you. What about all the social systems that has put children in foster homes? Isn't that what you mean? Look at, look what happened to the, a lot of those kids. Some of them were sexually abused. Why were those kids in foster homes? You think they were in foster homes because the, their foster parents loved them? No, their foster parents were paid, all right, to, to bring them into their home because they brought in money. That's what, that's what you mean. Okay? Because that's what it is. Each child brought in money. When you had women who were told not to have a husband or a father in the home, right? And they had children outside of wedlock. Why do they have the kids outside of wedlock? Because it brought in money, it brought in uh child support, uh, it brought in um, well uh, welfare money into the home, into their pockets, into their refrigerator. That's why. And you had a bunch of kids. Fathered by different men, all of them half brother and half sister. And, 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 oh, and still they were miserable because they were living very limitedly. And those kids did terrible in school. They did, they had a terrible home life. Some of them were sexually abused, they weren't loved the mom was the mom wanted to live the wanted to escape her misery and so she went out partying and these kids were raised were were, were left alone that's the kind of life you want the state the state doesn't care all right i have one more um segment here
1: Welcome to The Download, bringing you the latest in Catholic news and discussion. I'm Paul Murano. Joining us today is our assisting managing editor and producer extraordinaire, Bradley Eli. Paul, how are you doing? Not bad. Also our chief of staff and well-informed, very well-informed, as a matter of fact, Mr. Simon Rafe. Hey. Racism is the bat the left is currently using to bash President Trump, conservatives and Western civilization, and the church herself. We'll discuss more on that in a few minutes, but first, today's top stories. A Polish priest speaks out, then new proof of Biden corruption. And finally,
6: a Senate Democrat asks that question. All yours, Brad. A Polish priest is calling out homosexual infiltration of the church. Yesterday, Father Darius Oko outlined the crisis facing the church with homosexual predation in seminaries and in chanceries. He explained the necessity of pointing out the pathological error that led to the clerical abuse crisis by name, saying, quote, there is talk of pedophilia in the church on purpose to keep silent about the fact that homosexuals commit the greatest crimes, end quote. Whoa, drop the mic on that one. Yeah. And what we found here at Church Militant is it's not just the homosexual predation as if that exists in some type of a uh, icky bubble on its own. It just seeps into everything you're having good priests silenced and sidelined, targeted, uh, bad homilies preached and covered up for dissidents, uh, bad formation in seminaries and the laity being formed terribly bad from the confessionals. You're having money stolen from the chanceries and from the Vatican itself, the scandals, billions yeah. of dollars yeah. going on and all oh. sorts of corruption just eating away through the whole fabric of the church. And I think we need to stop using the word
1: pedophilia as a euphemism. I mean, mm-hmm. all the, the studies have indicated that almost 90% of the entire church scandal is homosexual adolescents. Yeah. That, that is the problem. So why don't we call a spade a spade, and I'm glad somebody finally is.
7: Yeah, I think and, and Father Oko, I mean, we've got a, a number of interviews and articles on the site. I mean, I think if you just do a search on the site for, for Oko, you know, you'll know, you find them. We've got interviews and things with him, and he's been very clear about this, but I think it's extraordinarily good that he's making this specific distinction because it's a very important distinction to make because it's it, it, this whole question of uh, pedophilia is is one that's it's, it's this wider danger because it's so many people are there. It's, you come along, you say, okay, well, we won't let this priest have contact with children. It's not children that are con- the concern; it's vulnerable young men. That right. is the issue. And uh, speaking about vulnerable young men, or at least as his, his father would have us believe that he was tricked and gulled into it, Joe Biden has ties to Ukrainian business executives. That news brought to you by Captain Obvious from the good ship you don't say. Now an email from his son Hunter's laptop revealed that the former vice president was introduced to a Ukrainian businessman in April 2015. The email from the energy executive said, dear Hunter, thank you for inviting me to DC and giving an opportunity to meet your father and spent some time together. It's realty and honor and pleasure. The email followed another sent to Hunter in 2014, asking for special political favors on the company's behalf. So, We've known this for a long time. This has been the rumor, this has been the thing, but it's like now we actually have some emails. You know, we've actually got these emails, actually this thing, people are bringing this up, people are discussing it. Yeah, Hunter Biden, uh, you know, uh, and Joe Biden, the Bidens, have used their position and their influence to enrich themselves, you know, at the cost of... American jobs, American lives, uh, uh, American economy. The people that are talking
6: about, so the Senate Senate report comes out a few weeks ago before the presidential debate, first presidential, only presidential debate so far. So Trump brings it up at the yeah, debate. He tried to. He tried to. Why didn't Chris Wallace bring it up? What Chris Wallace brought up was a New York Times article about Trump's uh, taxes, where he owed $750 in taxes, instead of bringing up this important issue, and as, as Simon says, it's not just going after Biden's family. That was all done while you were the vice president of the United States. Yeah, it's
7: very disturbing. And it apparently just came out today, I think it was. Biden's campaign has said they're putting a lid uh, on to reporters. we are putting a lid on the Ukrainian issue, which basically means in, in reporter parlance, it's like, yeah. don't you don't ask what? that question, I didn't get to answer
1: it. Put a lid, wow. on, that. Put a lid on that, put a lid on the yeah. other, you know, important we'll question that's courts, being asked. Act- we'll packing the too. courts. Yeah. We don't want to uh, address these questions because it might take your well, attention that. away from the important issues. The, these are the important issues. The it relates report. to who you are as a person and your character.
6: And it wasn't just the Ukraine. The Senate report talks yeah. about China, China. and China. billions so, of dollars China. going on there, too. Yeah,
1: lots we'll lot to talk about. A Hawaii senator asked Trump's Supreme Court pick if she ever sexually assaulted anyone. Mazzy Hirono, during the second day of Senate judicial hearings, had this to ask Judge Amy Conant Barrett about her fitness to be a judge.
4: Let's see. Since you became a legal adult, have you ever made unwanted requests for sexual favors or committed any verbal or physical harassment or assault of a sexual nature?
5: No, Senator Hirono.
4: Have you ever faced discipline or entered into a settlement Related to this kind of conduct, Now, Senator.
1: I think needless to say, Barrett never has been accused of any form of sexual assaults or harassment by
6: anyone in her entire life. Well, they have to hold you know the line there. If they're going to bring it up with Kavanaugh the whole time, uh, I suppose you're going to have to to I mean, smear how the I've heard smear back the, back the back. oh sorry, yeah crazy Macy. I mean. So it, I, I don't think anybody out there cannot be uh, just beaming with pride with Amy up there answering all these beautiful questions. You know, just, just question after question. She's taking the most absurd it's questions brilliant. from Klobuchar and all these people and, and, and Senator Feinstein and and just giving brilliant answers. Uh, I'm learning more every time she talks no, about she's how very, civics work she's very in this country. Good. She's very good,
1: but. I, I think the Congress
6: yeah. people are learning more, too. Congress people are learning more. She talks
7: but, yeah, about here would be my thing, just like people in Hawaii, I don't know if we have many viewers in Hawaii, people out there in Hawaii, that's your senator. You <laughs> voted for her. Had you not heard her talk? I mean, that is like one of the stupidest questions I've ever heard. Really, really? You come on, you just pull that out of nowhere.
1: Her family and kids were there too, weren't they? In- I'm sure yeah, that uh, yeah. they saw it. Yeah, you know uh, they saw they, it. At least they saw it on television.
7: You know,
4: yeah.
7: I've got to say, to be perfectly honest with you, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think that might be an actionable question in certain jurisdictions. If you ask that for a job interview, if you just just try, let's just bring this up as a kind of thing. It, it, really? The the, the 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 implicit accusation, the the muddying of the waters, yeah. and all that stuff well, in there. I, I
1: think that surprised everyone, and not only in that room, but across the country. <laughs> yeah, I mean Hawaii. Right. What is in the
7: water over I, there I, that you have these people?
6: Well, your election's coming up. Go ahead and let your voice be known. Get around. Well, those you are know. today's top stories. After the break, more on the left and their coalition of hatred against America. We'll be right back.
3: Resist. push the tides of darkness back into the abyss the next battle is decisive the soul of america hangs in the balance we need all of you enlist at cmresistance.com
7: Nazi, white supremacist, fascist, deplorable. They're terms the left has used to describe President Trump and the people who vote for him. But why such racially charged language? It's the latest weapon in the left's arsenal to attack conservative Americans.
1: And during the first presidential debate, a group was mentioned by Joe Biden, the Proud Boys, who he tied to white supremacists. Our own Joseph Anders discusses if the group is just that. <laughs> The media is falsely
8: calling a fraternal organization white supremacist and its Afro-Cuban chairman is speaking out. On Monday, Enrique Tarrio of the Proud Boys told left-leaning YouTube podcaster Tim Poole the group's views on prejudice and authoritarianism.
7: And I've said this before, I denounce white supremacy, I denounce anti-Semitism, I denounce fascism. I denounce communism, I denounce Antifa, I denounce any other ism, right, that is prejudice against people because of the color of their skin, because of their religion, because of their cultural background, and any, anything that has to do with authoritarian governments.
8: The false claims arose after the presidential debate, after Joe Biden ordered Donald Trump to denounce the group. Sure, Are you I'm prepared to, to do specifically, that, specifically do it? Well, I, go would ahead,
7: say, I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing not from the right so wing. what are you what, are you, you you look, what are you saying I'm, I'm willing to do anything i want to see well, peace then do it sir say I, it do it say it you want to call them what do you want to call them give me a name give me a Whites name white supremacists and, and white right like supremacist. white boys. Right boy. boys, stand back and stand by but since
8: the last presidential debate the mainstream media spread lies the new york times referred to them ambiguously as an organization linked with white supremacy and acts of violence The SPLC, who also labels church militant a hate group, also makes this false tie. Quote, their disavowals of bigotry are belied by their actions. Rank-and-file Proud Boys and leaders regularly spout white nationalist memes and maintain affiliations with known extremists. Stuff, it's nothing to do with how they honestly feel. The group's founder, Catholic commentator, comedian, and former Fox News contributor Gavin McInnes, disagrees. The Proud Boys are a fraternal organization like the Elks Lodge, like the Shriners, like the Knights of Columbus. It's a multi-racial group made up of straight guys, there's some homos in there, there's plenty of Jews. The only prerequisite is that you're a dude, born a dude, and you accept the West is the best. The group's supporters believe the constant mischaracterizations of the group's tenets derive from their willingness to defend Trump supporters from Antifa violence during their rallies. But with mainstream media outlets defaming the group and constantly tying them to ideologies they swear to oppose, the group sees a hard road ahead to public vindication. Joseph Enders, Church Militant, Detroit.
6: So, white supremacists who have an Afro-Cuban as their leader. That doesn't make sense, correct? It just doesn't pan out right there. This whole idea, when they say the West is the best, what they're really talking about there is Western civilization. I think all of us would agree, Uh, Western civilization built on Judeo-Christian ethics with someone like Amy Coney Barrett up there, you know, saying this is what the Constitution says and this is what it doesn't. We've had such a a falsification of America based on the uh, um, judicial activism in the high court for the last 50, 60 years. But let's take a look at who's behind this, really. It's it's Marxism at its finest, race-baiting, Identity politics divide and conquer and they just happen to be on race right now So they're gonna be dividing everybody on race the people behind this uh, one of the big groups is BLM and they are based on Marxism, let's hear it from their own founder um, Myself and Alicia in particular are trained
2: organizers um, We uh, are trained Marxists um
6: All across this country we have these people out there and they're not a bunch of people that just show up with a cell phone and tennis shoes and wondering what's going on and what's all the party about. They're trained Marxists. Look behind them, follow the money trail. Who's funding, who's training, who's organizing all of this? And you're going to find quite a movement behind all of this. Now let's take a look at a working definition of uh, prejudice and racism. We're going to go to the Oxford Dictionary. It says prejudice, discrimination, or antagonism directed against a person or people on the basis of their membership in a particular racial or ethnic group, typically one that is a minority or marginalized. Well, you had Gavin McGivens on there who was saying, "Look, we have a Jewish people and Christian people and white people, and my goodness, they're led by a Cuban, uh, African Cuban, you know, Afro-Cuban." So. Uh, To say that they're somehow uh, white, that's just a a, a big lie, and if you tell a big lie long enough, you know, with all the mainstream media behind it, people will start to buy it over time.
7: Yeah, so it's a thing. So, I think an interesting, important thing to remember is that good things didn't always happen in history. It's kind of a key point, and so... By what I mean by that is that people living in the in the West today, in uh, North America, in Western Europe, in Australia, and places like that, they have this sort of presumption that, you know, like, oh, we have the rule of law, and the barbarian isn't going to come down and burn down my house, and, uh, you know, I, I have a, a redress for grievance, and if somebody steals from me, I can go to the police and do all this sort of stuff. Okay, mm-hmm. congratulations. Those things are a function of Western civilization, which has existed as big and powerful and almost monolithic for a long time now, but... Those are things about Western civilization and they are built on Christian principles and you can't just come along and tear those things down and expect that Western civilization and the good things that it has provided, namely, a barbarian doesn't come and burn down your homestead, which is kind of a key point, and you have redress for grievances and you have a government that makes sure there isn't lead in your food and all of these other things that are a function of this come along. Because the left, the Marxists, they hate the foundational moral principles of society because what they are is they take away the power from the Marxists. These are teachings of how human beings should interact with each other in terms of marriage, in terms of family, in terms of their sexual relationships, in terms of their economic, their political, their personal relationships. This is why you see these Marxists tearing down statues of Catholic saints. We see uh, Huna Serra, the famous Catholic saint of California there, they're toppling his statue. This is a guy who really founded modern California, a huge founder of um, Western civilization. You know, These people, the leftists, hate the West and they hate the Catholic Church because they wish to assume that power that the family has occupied. They wish to assume that power that the family has occupied as government. Now, an interesting thing as well, of course, to Brad's point, all of this divide-and-conquer mentality. Can we start a war between uh, classes or economic groups or, you know, whatever – They're using race right now. Fine, they're using race right now. Let's take a look at these two very interesting maps. So, you see there, uh, these two interesting maps that come up, and you see uh, one is showing, like, you know, this is what would happen if only people of color voted. You know, it's it's an expression, a phrase I hate, but people of color, whatever, we know what it means. Uh, People of color, people who aren't white and it's very blue. If only whites voted, it's very, very red, except in, obviously, these very liberal enclaves in the in the corners there. This is what the left is all about. They are trying to continue to drive that wedge to play on this racial grievance that is going along within the people of colour, with the non-whites. They're trying to say, you know, it's the whites' fault that you're being trampled on. All of these things are happening to you. These are terrible things, so keep voting for us. Fortunately, many of the people, uh, these minorities, are waking up. Donald Trump is doing better with black people, with Latino people, with Jews, with all kinds of people who are not, you know, that monolithic white yeah. people than his predecessors in the Republican Party.
1: It seems like this hatred is built on an envy, an underlying envy of others, of, of what other people have, and also a self-hatred, I think, yeah. uh, a, a not feeling so good about yourself that, uh, that sort of juts out into others. but. Um, marxists hate the church they hate the church because they hate the truth and the church speaks and 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 um, uh, defends the the truth about the human person it all begins with what a human person is and it's not uh it's not a surprise that marxism is based on materialism whereas materialism basically says you know we are walking talking pieces of earth that are here for a few decades and then are gone, and there's, there's very little meaning uh, other than that. We are simply animals, and the church stands up for the human person, and that means a lot with regard to the social fabric, that the human person is at the center rather than material goods. That's huge. Leo XIII, back in the 19th century, quotes, They debased the natural human, uh, Marxist that is, debase the natural human union between a man and a woman, which is held sacred even among barbarous peoples. And to your point, Simon, that they are trying to attack and destroy the family so that there would not be that middle buffer between the state and the individual so that totalitarianism, their kind, can take over. Pius XI, back in the early 20th century, Socialism socialism is based on a theory of human society irreconcilable with true Christianity. Christian socialism is a contradiction in terms. Now, why is this? Again, It's it's a contradiction in terms because there is a complete difference in understanding of what the human person is. We are not simply a material being that seeks material goods. The church understands that we can never attain happiness by virtue of having material goods alone. They're only a tool. Happiness is a spiritual quality. That actually goes all the way back to Aristotle, but it's true. Um, Let's go to Sean King, because uh, you mentioned, um, Simon, of the, the, the destruction of the statues and all of that. Sean King had a tweet on the white Jesus back in June, and he said, quote, I think the statues of white European, they claim as Jesus, should also come down. All murals and stained glass windows of white Jesus and his European mother and their white friends should also come down, unquote. So apparently, Jesus and Mary's are, tools, are they're tools of oppression if they're depicted as white. Now, to be fair, I have always thought, when I was a kid and so forth, why, why don't artists depict Jesus and Mary more Middle Eastern-looking, more to their Jewish, what their Jewish ancestors would look like? Very often, you have these blonde-haired Jesus and Mary's. But um, we see that as actually a universal phenomenon. If you look around, you have uh, artwork throughout the various countries, internationally, of Jesus and Mary looking closer to them, and it's just a point of relation. You you can better relate with people that you look at. And if you look at the apparitions of Mary, um, Jesus' main ambassador in the time of the church, she often appears... Looking like the people that she appears to, whenever she visits a European country—Spain, Ireland, etc.—she looks European. Looking, uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe, she looks like a Native American. Um, that um, Our Lady of Akita, she looked Asian. Uh, if you know, if you could see Our Lady of Cairo, she would probably look dark African. But of course, she's just bathed with light. So I think it's a it's a non-question really about. Um, He's just sort of advocating for violence here Yeah, he's,
7: well, I mean, this is To be honest, it's Sean yeah. King Who comes out and says that he's, you know, this, this, this black uh, spokesman yeah. uh, And, you know, the guy I mean, I'm going to come and of say it. The guy's not black I mean, he's not black. I mean, people have come out and just, like discussed a lot about, you know, his racial background and stuff. The guy's, yeah. White. Yeah. He's guys white. He's, he's one of these guys who's jumped on this thing and, and done this whole thing as, as he's, he's a race baiting huckster. That's he what identifies. the guy is. Cool. He identifies yeah. as black, you know, and it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, every, everyone knows it. It's, it's a stupid thing. But I think obviously the, the architect of much of this or one of the architects is of course Karl Marx, who um, has done so much damage to Western civilization and to the church and to humanity's relationship to itself. He's pushing this, you know, materialism, dialectal materialism, where you explain the entirety of human history as class struggle, which is ridiculous. That's not how you explain uh, that. And of course, the reason that Marxism has not really taken much of a, a root in America is the middle class in America, which is based on uh, freedom to assemble and freedom to conduct business and freedom to trade and all of these kind of things. And now we see people are discarding that freedom well and
1: it's it's the chickens are coming on to roost. i think that's key freedom because marxism basically you have physical bodies that interact with each other and that is the struggle according to the, the philosophy of marxism uh, but human beings have a soul a spiritual soul that has intellect that seeks knowledge and a free will that needs to be free, Brad.
6: Well, yeah, we have uh, people picking up on this Marxism, as we talked about before, BLM, the Black Lives Matter, and they're putting that class struggle into effect in all the neighborhoods out there, burning down neighborhoods. I'm going to say, okay, George Floyd, and I'm going to go ahead and just burn down all these neighborhoods. Wind up a lot of black Afro-Americans being killed, their businesses being destroyed. many white policemen being killed in the process of that. All this rioting that's happening across the country. It's burning at city after city. Now, if they think they're gaining any ground out there with the voters, they're not. The last polls showed 20% of the Afro-Americans are backing Trump now. You only need somewhere 10, 11, 12% to assure a victory in this country. So you basically have shot yourself in the foot. You have Harris out there, as we said before, saying these riots shouldn't end out there. Uh, it's, it's, she's, she's for the rioting. Poor Biden, when he was asked straight up, you know, can you say "law and order" at the at the debate? Okay. And he couldn't put the two words together. <laughs> so seriously, several times yeah. he tried. He just well, couldn't get it together. There's a big Brexit movement, as you know,
1: with Candace Owens yes. and others. That are, 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 are people, black people, are leaving the Democratic yeah. Party. I think in droves. Yeah, now. as
7: well. You know, obviously here locally in Michigan, there's yeah. the. Uh, uh, Senate candidate uh, John James who's doing very very well you know he's again doing much of that thing he's a black gentleman and there's uh, Kimberly Klasick out in Baltimore Maryland and she's you know doing this as well Mm. I think you know to your point Brad you said you know there's a lot of you know these black businesses being destroyed and a lot of you know white police officers being killed there was a lot of black police officers killed as well one of the first casualties of this was I think he was a retired he'd done like his 20 25 years whatever police officer uh he was a black guy he went into it he just got shot in the face You know, and to your point earlier about how this was like a a class struggle and this sort of thing, well, you know, I I think we can just finish on Joe Biden's great thing, where the left is seeing blacks as poor and synonymous. And that's where they want them. They want to get down and poor with his brilliant phrase, you know, poor kids are just as intelligent as white kids. It's, it's, it's It's a very racist thing right there.
6: Well, that's all the time we have for today's discussion. We'll be right back after a short break for some final thoughts. Don't go away.
0: All right. I want to end it right there uh, with that. But you see the connections right there. And that's the thing is that Marx, Marxism exploits the situation. It doesn't want to solve the situation. Uh, you heard, of course, with Joe Biden, he couldn't even put the sentence in law and order together. And, but he could put the sentence of poor kids are just as smart as white kids. But, you know, but that's besides the point. The point is, is Marx, the the idea of Marx, where it came from, uh, is a good question. I mean, no one really has evidence that he was a a Satanist per se, but he seemed to have been plagued by something. Something, obviously, either that was supernatural, that was plaguing him in a very mental, uh, psychological way. Uh, whatever it was, maybe he was involved. Maybe he was involved with something, but we'll never know. But the man himself came up with something that, I don't know what it was. Maybe because of his, he, he was ethnically Jewish. His pa- his family converted from uh, Judaism. His He had an uncle who became Catholic. And he himself, his father that is, joined Lutheranism because it was more he wasn't as demanding or constrained as he thought as Catholicism was. It was more liberal, and I guess maybe because of Luther himself. But Marx, uh, Marx didn't grow up in a very religious home, and he, um, you no, know, there was an episode of him and his friend. I don't know if it was Engels. They both rode in a town on a donkey, being very disruptive during Holy Week on Palm Sunday, and they were very disruptive in a church. But, you know, there's a lot we can look into. Maybe one day uh, I will uh, explore the book, uh, The Devil and Karl Marx, uh, on the podcast. But really think about it very carefully. If you uh, are involved or you think you have some exposure to Marxism and socialism, think very carefully. Think very carefully. Know, know the history of it. It was very monstrous. Uh, in the case of Romania, uh, there was a, in the book, there were cases of people being tortured in the most blasphemous way using religious rituals, mocking Christianity, mocking, mocking the communion. Uh, a case where um, the people were mocked uh, by a very blas- uh, blaspheming baptism, uh, having people's heads uh, uh, plunged into a barrel of urine, human urine, mocking baptism, uh, mocking the formula of baptism. And then there was a case where a priest was forced to mock, uh, the communion, the, the blessed sacrament, uh, where they forced him, they were forcing him to consecrate, uh, urine and feces in mockery towards the the the, the host it's 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 serious i mean yeah and then the cases where they mocked icons in a very sexual way uh mocking the virgin mary there's so many things there's something materialistic because it goes into the material and it attacks the religious marks himself wa- was the the source of all this and the father of this he clearly, there was something satanic and horribly, horribly, uh, evil in his origin. And there's, a, you know, and, and this is, this is something that has followed it and still is to this day. Look at the fact that how many churches, how many churches you think were attacked and burned and desecrated in, in during, during this shutdown and rioting and looting. A lot of churches. You know, California, look at the statues of Humanero Serra pulled down. There were churches, uh, there was even here a case where the statue of Our Lady Guadalupe down in Coney Island was was desecrated. There were cases of churches everywhere that were attacked. In Florida, where a man drove his car right through a parish. There have been several cases. It was even the church that Huberonero Serra set up, the oldest churches in, in Los Angeles, where it was the the roof was set on fire after this church was renovated. So there's a lot, a lot going on here that a lot of people don't want to talk about, and the media has refused to report. There is something going on here. So this is something for you guys really to consider. I'm glad I was able to put all this stuff together. I know there was a lot of stuff from Church Militant, but I wanted to read those articles, and I wanted to play those clips because I wanted you to hear what was being said so i'm going to sign out right now i know this was probably very long but um god bless and uh hopefully again i'll be able to do something tomorrow or uh hopefully sometime during the week all right god bless and be well